This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Great to hear a conversation. Good morning, everyone. I'm Stephen. Um, last time I spoke, I said I'd been a part of this church for a few months, and it turns out it had actually been a bit longer than that. So I'm not even going to guess this time around, but I think joining in lockdown is basically what happened. You lose track of time. So, um, yeah, so today I wanted to take all the pressure off me and put it all back on you guys. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about the vineyard, a little bit about the kingdom, and then we're going to do a little bit of the kingdom together. So try and stay in that air of, um, of kind of worship, staying close to God, don't let your mind wander too far. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Um, and what I wanted to do was really just leave you guys with some thoughts as we kind of wrap up for summer um, around the kingdom. Something easy that we can keep in our minds, that we can take with us, that we can take into conversations with people. Um, as we're meeting in these socials that Ali mentioned through the summer, but also just as we meet people uh, in coffee shops, as we love to do, and um, just with friends and, and family as well. So in um, the kingdom and the vineyard are kind of synonymous. They kind of go, go together. Bob's smiling already um, as he spoke on this a few weeks ago. Um, but Matthew chapter 4, um, uh, Matthew says that from the time Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And it's these verses that really underpin why we in the vineyard really focus in on the kingdom. Um, It's because that's what Jesus did, and we want to do what Jesus did. And you'll notice there that he didn't just go preaching the gospel, telling everyone the good news that, that there's a way back to God, but he went out healing every disease and every affliction. So there were signs and wonders that accompanied the preaching of, of the word. So Jesus consistently performed these miracles, demonstrating the kingdom, and he explained these, uh, these mysteries of the kingdom in his parables. And if we kind of step back from the, uh, you know, hearing about all those different stories in, in the New Testament, there is kind of a big overarching story here. Um, the kingdom is the biblical term for the rule and the reign of God. And this rule and reign has been established in eternity, forever in eternity, and will be forever in eternity. But shortly after humanity was created, we were separated from this eternity by what happened in the garden with the apple uh, and the forbidden fruit that we shouldn't have have had. Um, But in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the kingdom breaks into the present age. Jesus' ministry marks the pivotal time, the moment, in our earthly interaction with God's kingdom uh, and how we today interact with the kingdom in this church and in this city with the help of the Holy Spirit. And if you've been around Sterling Vineyard for any length of time, you'll have heard Hannah and others talking about the kingdom and the presence. And we love his presence, right? And the kingdom and the presence go together, hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. The kingdom is marked by the future presence of God, and that future presence of God that's promised when we'll be with him for all eternity breaks in now through what Jesus did. And that's how we then pray for people, and we ask God to come 
and we ask God to move, and the pressure is kind of not on us, right? So the pressure isn't actually on you guys, as I said. It's on God. Not pressure's not on God. You know what I mean? Um, we ask God to work with us, and, and we are his co-workers. So as we, in faith, step out and, uh, with God to do the works of the kingdom, um, there's a response in his being present with us by, by the Holy Spirit in these works, not just in, like, he's alongside us, but he's actually working in us and through us. Um, there is an end game to this. One day the kingdom uh, will be fully realized. Uh, all, our church, all our activity in church and ministry and experience in his presence towards a goal. In Matthew 24, it says, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so we live in that interim period, that tension between the, the kind of now when Jesus came and what is yet still to come when Jesus comes back the second time. So Jesus inaugurated his kingdom, but he's yet to come back to fully establish his kingdom here. I've got a lot of time uh, for the message that came out of uh, Cosby Coast Vineyard, that we're carriers of the kingdom. You've maybe heard that, that phrase, that we, we carry the kingdom, you know. Um, as, we, as we go out, we steward it. So, you know, there's a responsibility in us to, to you know, we've been given a piece of it and, and we, we've got to steward that. Um, and so as we shift gears and take this break over the summer, I just wanted to leave us with a clear view of what it is we're carrying uh, so we can take that with us. Um, and I think this is, it's good to have recall, right? Something that you can think about and, and can come back to. So... Um, we're going to come to that in just a second. Um, so what are, are we carriers of? I, I, I really love Paul. I love to read his letters and how he just builds and builds and compounds his, his, his thinking and, and his, his encouragement and his theology and so on. Um, and I like to think of Paul and his missionary trips. You know, if you go to the back of your Bible, you've got these maps and you've got all these arrows going all over the place. And you think, that's amazing. That was like in the first century. It's like so long ago. And he's going to all these all these countries. Hello, that's not good. Uh, we'll, we'll manage. Um, <laughs> thanks, Hannah. Um, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So in Acts, um, we read about one of these encounters when he goes to uh, Corinth in chapter nineteen of Acts. Uh, so Paul first enters the synagogue. Uh, and he, he's spending time with the Jews in the synagogue, and he's persuading them. And he spends three months having this conversation with them, and they, they're still quite hard-hearted. They don't really want to know. Uh, so Paul goes across the road to uh, what's called the Hall of Tyrannus, and he spent two years there with the Gentiles, with the people of Corinth, the pagans, people who'd never heard of Jesus before, and he told them about the kingdom. Of God, And it's thought, I don't know how true this is, I haven't done a lot of research, but it's thought that he maybe spoke up to a million people. Corinth was like a big pass-through kind of place. And, um, and in those two years, he may well have spoken to, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of people quite easily, telling them the, the story of, of the kingdom. Um, so Paul carried the kingdom. Um, he just could not stay quiet. He's the kind of guy, you can imagine that if you sat down with him to talk about anything else, he'd bring the topic back to talking about the kingdom, right? Talking about Jesus, talking about, about the Holy Spirit. And I think the kingdom's infectious like that. And in, in his ministry, Paul obviously covers an awful lot. He wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, but he's got some pretty clear themes when he actually speaks about the kingdom. 
and one of these is in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. So this is the one that I want you guys to remember. This has become a bit of a life verse for me. So if I ever get to speak again, I will probably speak on it again. Um, but for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So Paul was talking about um, all these um, arguments that were going on in the early church. And he's saying, the kingdom of God isn't about settling these arguments. It's not about who's right and who's wrong and what you can eat and what you can't eat. He says, it's about the righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is central to the kingdom of God and what that is. And in Isaiah, if you go back to what the promised kingdom was, it's impressive. Uh, if you go back to Isaiah, you can look this one up. Um, it, the kingdom that's promised is a kingdom that is marked by joy. It's ruled by the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus, and it's sustained by righteousness. So this is the fulfillment of that promise, of that promised kingdom. And here we have Paul saying that this is the kingdom that Jesus has established. What I want to do today is leave enough time for us to do, to do ministry. So I'm not going to do a deep dive into righteousness, peace, and joy, which would each be like an hour-long sermon and a lecture series and a podcast and, and all that. We're not going to do any of that. But I just want to focus in on these, these three. And remember, we're in this overarching story of we are naturally separated from God. The only way we come to God is through Jesus. And that's the miracle of the kingdom. So if we take first righteousness, the absence of righteousness separates us from God. It is only in Jesus and in his kingdom that we have right standing with God and we're restored in that relationship. Everyone needs this. Everyone in this room, everyone in this city needs this. We need that to be made right with God. And that's the greatest miracle, right, is that we can be made right with God. The second our natural separation from God is the very opposite of being at peace. We are naturally conflicted with God. We know that in, inside when we, we are fighting against where God wants to take us, where God initially wants, us, wants to bring us to faith, we know that there's that conflict. And the resolution of that conflict in the Holy Spirit is, um, is resolved. We attain that peace with God. The Bible describes this peace as like beyond our understanding, which it completely is. We can never quite get our heads around it, but it's there. It's part of the kingdom, and it marks the kingdom. Uh, and finally, natural separation from God leaves a gap in our lives, uh, in our hearts. We don't always know, know what that gap is. We can't always put our finger on it, um, but there's a desire something that we want to want to fill and I think Katie that song that you sang at the end there was just perfect you know it's like as the deer pants for water it's it's that kind of longing it's that kind of need that we have um, to fill that gap and we try to fill it with all sorts right we try to find joy in everything and anything but God even as Christians we will you know wonder and we will try other things and you know rather than maybe press deep in in in, in prayer and and spending time with God so it's a, it's a really familiar story. But that lasting satisfaction comes when we find our joy in Jesus. If we don't find our joy in Jesus, we will not be satisfied. We'll still be longing. And we heard this from Rebecca a few weeks ago, right? In Zephaniah, God rejoices over us with singing. It's a two-way thing, right? God finds his joy in his creation. We find our joy in him. So it's a great thing to press into. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, 
And the Holy Spirit is the key to all three of these things. Um, we only get these things by the Holy Spirit. We only get these things working with the Holy Spirit and listening to him. So it's a challenge for those yet to follow Jesus. It's a challenge for maybe some of us who are wondering, our minds maybe maybe somewhere else. Uh, we may get lazy and try to find our satisfaction elsewhere, right? But these things, I think it's really useful to think about joy and peace being fruits of the Spirit as well. You know, there's many fruits of the Spirit, but joy and peace, I think, are real signs of restoration with God in that, that relationship. So it's a good thing to think about. It's a good thing to think about when we're maybe meeting with others as well. You know, we can maybe see conflict in people's lives. We can see that they're unsettled. We can see that they're unhappy, that they're finding their joy in this or that. And we can pray with them about that. And we can, we can pray for them, you know, directly or, or, or not directly, right, indirectly, to, um, to, to see this kind of building of the kingdom in, in, in our lives. Because the kingdom is built in us. We are the church. And that is what Jesus is coming back for, to establish his kingdom. In Romans 5, uh, Paul uh, kind of writes a little bit longer. Um, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. So even in our suffering, which we should expect in life, with the price of fuel especially, um, we should rejoice in the Lord, right? Is this okay? Are we okay with the thought of righteousness, peace, and joy? Is something that we're all going to carry with us through the break. Um, I think it would be good initially if we just stand. This might be a bit different, but I think if we stand and we're going to just lean into a bit of a bit of worship, so into worship, into ministry. Sorry, if we want to just um, maybe you want to close your eyes. Just hold out your hands as if you want to maybe receive a gift. I just want to ask a few questions. So, am I at peace? Am I worried? Am I anxious? Am I at conflict with God? Am I clinging to the rock of peace? Where am I looking for my joy? Am I satisfying my soul? Am I finding my joy in Jesus? Maybe just take a minute just to ask God to show you Maybe an area of your life where you need the Holy Spirit just to shine his light and just resolve, just resolve conflict, to bring peace, to bring joy. Don't need to throw myself deeper and commit to chasing his presence. Do I need to spend more time in worship, in prayer? And just take a few minutes to think of others as well. Think about your next door neighbors. Maybe not such a good idea. 
Think about your colleagues. Maybe they're suffering mental anguish. Maybe you see it. You know, in the spirit, you can see when people are really struggling. Maybe it's a family member. Just take a minute to pray for them. Just as Katie's going to start playing, and then eventually we'll, we'll finish up in worship. But just have a look around and maybe go and pray for each other. Maybe just get into groups of three or four. And then let's pray for each other. Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.